This is Crime Connections, and we're your hosts. I'm Jackie, and I'm Sarah. Today, our episode will be just a little bit different. Uh, some things that I have learned while looking into the Lorene Ron case have just really been bothering me. I don't know about you, but when we were talking about the Dr. Z thing, yeah, it, I, it just felt like we didn't have enough information about him. Well, yeah, and I didn't even look into him, really, because, well, one... I was a little nervous, too, because I don't want to look into a child pornography, quote-unquote, king. Right. And I don't want that in my search. But, you know, I actually was looking into him, and honestly, I found nothing about him other than him being linked to Lorraine, the mm-hmm. Lorraine case. You would think if he was such a big person in the area that there would be either, one, his arrest... Mm-hmm. being reported Two, you would think that he, i don't know you would think that someone would have talked about it i mean even like reddit talks about things that like way back in the day that weren't really like covered so you'd think that maybe he would have been on there at some point or something you would find something exactly and then i also looked into the whole the doctor and i found nothing about him either i looked into multiple 1-800 like hotlines in general which were a huge thing in the 80s mm-hmm. huge i mean there was a freaking hotline for everything so yeah i looked into that too and i couldn't find his specific hotline number. hotline because well because there just wasn't a lot of information to begin with when we were looking into the Lorraine case mm-hmm. on the exact number or hotline that she had called so i just i couldn't find anything to do with that but then this made me really question the truth of the statement were these people real did she actually talk to these the, these people? You know, I don't know. Like, are they real? Or, or was it something that someone made up? Yeah. Because there's always something online. Right. Nothing. No matter how old it is, mm-hmm. there's always something. And if they were really these big people in the 80s, you would think I could find something other than the two articles about her case. So I thought that was, that kind of made me question whether it was even a real thing. While looking up the Lorraine Ron case, I also came across 14 girls that went missing in the Manchester, New Hampshire area from 1979 to 1991, which is a lot of girls to me. Yeah, I was literally like, what? 14? And that, and that's in 11 years. So that's more than one per year. Mm. Average. That's not good. No, and I, so I'm just like really confused by that. And they're all like the same age demographic? Yeah, so they're, well, okay, so one of them was nine, which was pretty young. Right. And then the rest of them were anywhere from 13 to 17. And then there was also another exception of a 25 year old. But, but if they all looked younger or that nine year old looked older, older, it might fit who's ever did like their the prof- like demographic. Yeah, yeah or the, not their, their pro- I guess their victim profile that they like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was, I don't know, like... Crazy. 14 girls? I feel like I haven't really heard about this. No, I haven't either. And a lot of people connected... I think it's like a group of six girls. They connected those girls together. Mm -hmm. But then I looked even further and I saw 14. Okay, in the first episode, we briefly mentioned Terry Rasmussen. And he was the serial killer that was connected to six murderers. They went across from Manchester to the California area, Mm -hmm. and he was known to actually travel. Like, many people were quoted saying that he traveled with young girls. And I don't necessarily mean it as in, like, he was saying they were his girlfriend or whatever. They were, he was saying they were his kids. And now he did have kids, but a lot of the 
girls that he was traveling with have never been identified. So they weren't his kids. No, some of them were, but he had killed them. He killed his own kids? Yes. He killed his wife and his kids. What? (laughs) Yes. And so, which makes him very unique because typically serial killers don't kill people they know because obviously you're going to get caught. But the weird thing with Terry is he, every few years in every single place he went to, he had a different identity. So he had like six or seven different names that they connected him to after he had died, which is the only way he got caught killing six people and which is why the police think that he had killed more people. Well, yeah. I mean, you killed your kids and your wife, so that's at least three people right there. Yep. And then six girls you're connected to killing? The six people is including his wife and his kids. Oh, okay. And then another person was his girlfriend in California. He had killed and left her in the basement and piled cat litter on her. It's not Lyme. You're going to find her. Yeah, and that's how they they caught him because they went down... I don't know exactly the all throughout his life he was arrested multiple times for little things like he would write a check that would bounce and apparently you would get arrested for that back in the day nowadays i don't think you do i don't know it'd have to be a pretty big one yeah (laughs) i know you get charged by the bank and then you have to pay for the other person's fee yeah but i don't know about getting arrested that's kind of extreme maybe like multiple times Yeah, yeah yeah and then he was also arrested for like duis and stuff so he has a record so i don't know maybe if he had done something and he then they checked his house and then they found his girlfriend yeah i don't know exactly how that all went down and then that happened in like what 2003 yes yeah and then he was prosecuted like 15 to life and uh he was in prison and then i think he got paroled out and actually died a few years later which i don't know how he got paroled out but he either had such well, like, so, he was so well behaved or they were just overpopulated because I yeah. would not let that guy out. If you know he's no. killed six people. Well, they didn't connect to any oh, of those people until he died. Oh, okay, okay. Which is, because that's when they found out he had all those identities. They didn't know his real name, pretty much. Because, I don't know, if you think about it, in the 80s and even before that, it was easy to lie. And make fake IDs and, make, and stuff. Yeah, it was so much easier than now. You could never, I feel like... I don't want to say you can never do it because people probably do it, but it's a heck of a lot harder than it was then. Right, right, right. You know? Looking into Terry, I saw that he was born in Arizona, but spent most of his time in California and New Hampshire. And what I could look up, he really traveled. Like, he was always, I'm not kidding you, like, one half of the year he would be in New Hampshire. The next half half of the year he'd be in California then he'd go back then he would come like he was just all over the place and so with him having so many identities they don't even know where all he had gone right which doesn't help obviously because well who else is there yeah exactly and of the 14 girls that went missing in the Manchester area only a few bodies were found of those 14 girls I think it was like three or four of them Mm -hmm. and one of them was a 17-year-old girl. Her name was Elizabeth Lamont. She lived in Manchester, New Hampshire, and she disappeared either April 6th of 84 or November 22nd of 84. Now, looking into her case, I looked into it a little bit, not crazy. Her parents didn't know when she went missing, which I thought was like, what? How do you just, how does your kid go away and just, you don't notice? So that's why I say, or, like, they don't know if she went missing in April or November, which is a really big gap. Big, big gap. Either they were so oblivious to their child's life or... Or they were hippies. 
Yeah, I mean, they could have been doing their own thing and they think, oh, she's staying with her boyfriend mm -hmm. or whatever. But I feel like my mom and dad start checking in on me after like seven days if I haven't talked to them. Yeah. So it's like, are you alive? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You would think most parents do that. Yeah, I don't know. Even as adults. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, my mom does the same thing. After like two days, she's like, yo, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> so yeah, I don't, that's months, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But she was actually found dead in a barrel in Tennessee on April 14th of 85. Her cause of death was a blow to the back of the head. And people think that her death is related to Terry because Terry was known to kill by blunt force trauma to the back of the head. In 84, I do want to mention, though, he was documented being hired in California as an electrician at an electric company. But... Like I said, he was known to travel so much that, honestly, that doesn't mean much. Right. He could have been on vacation or yeah. took the weekend off. And, I mean, it's like a two, probably a two-day, two-and-a-half-day drive because mm -hmm. uh, I have drove to California before when I was a kid. So it's nothing crazy. He could have taken four days off, been there, and come back. Right. You know what I mean? Or five days, maybe. So I'm not saying that that is a fact that he killed her, but it's definitely something worth mentioning this is just what I found. And like I said, people connected her death to Terry, but really there's no evidence because he's dead. We can't ask him, uh, that sort of thing. Right, right, right. In 79, Terry was in California and had moved to Manchester, New Hampshire, with his girlfriend and two kids, which are the ones he had killed. He later killed them, put them in a drum, and dumped them in a riverbank. And so, so we're saying this other girl was also found in a drum? Mm-hmm. So that's why it, it, it fits his M.O. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's why people really zone in on her. And then in 1980, Terry moved two blocks from where Laureen Ron lived. And then Laureen went missing April 26th of 1980 and possibly made phone calls in October in Santa Monica, California. Now, let's put our tinfoil hats on because this might be a little crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> I think this is I think this is interesting. So... Sometime in 1980, Terry was reported to have moved back to California and then bounced around from job to job and city to city. I'm only mentioning this, like I said, because I think this is interesting, but Terry was arrested in Cypress, California as a totally different identity. He was, at that time, Curtis Mayo Kimball for a DUI. Now, Cypress is 38 miles from Santa Monica. 38 miles from where those phone calls were made. Okay. Now, what are the what is the odds? Like, what are the freaking odds of that actually happening? Now, am I saying that he killed Laureen Ron or took her to California? I don't know. But I just think that's pretty wild. I think it's crazy. You have this guy that's connected to both places, mm -hmm. and then you have a girl that would have never been in California otherwise, all of a sudden calling 38 miles from his house. Yeah. It was from a motel, if yes, if I'm remembering correctly. So she's calling from a motel to using her mom's code, calling this, like, the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay. So... Yeah. Okay, my hat's on. You have my full undivided attention. Yes. Well, and <laughs> the fact that he was two blocks from her, two blocks. So he could have seen her walking out from school. Yes. Anything. Yes. Walking out of the Carriot place, the Rosebud or whatever it was called. Yeah, the corner store. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he. They would have ca crossed paths yes. at some point if they lived that close. They go to the same local stores. Mm -hmm. And he, 
had gotten multiple DUIs, so he obviously drank. Yeah. What do you go to a corner store for? Cigarettes and beer. Exactly. And what do you go as a kid? Cigarettes, Cigarettes and beer, beer and candy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I don't, I just think that's pretty freaking crazy. Like I was saying with the other girls that I had mentioned that also went missing in that big time frame or in the 11 years, they could be related to Terry in some way. Mm-hmm. Do I think he honestly killed that many girls? Probably not. Um, with the amount of traveling he did and he would have been busy. Yeah, like that's a lot. So do I think he might have killed some? Yeah, it's a good possibility. Because all of the girls that went missing were within three hours of Manchester. No matter what, you could get to each girl where they lived. It was within like three hours. That was the furthest too. So, I mean, they were pretty close. But like Laureen, Ron, I really believe that all of these girls were considered runaways because like we had said in the previous episode, girls or children in general were just not considered missing. You know, like there wasn't the programs, there wasn't as much awareness, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. as there is now. And so I don't think any of these were looked into until it was too late. Yeah. Which doesn't obviously help any situation ever when it comes to a, a crime. So of these girls, I'm just going to go down the list really quick of who they are and when they went missing. 17-year-old Celinda Weinger was going to see a friend and went missing March 1st of 1979 and has never been seen or heard from since. 25-year-old Denise Denault, who looked young for her age and was actually quoted saying that she looked like Laureen Ron and lived close to Terry as well. She went missing June 8th of 1980, and she said that she was going to a party and has never been seen or heard from since. There's 15-year-old Tippy, or her real name was Shirley McBride, and she went missing July 13th of 84, and she was going to visit her boyfriend and never made it. She also has never been seen or heard from since. 17-year-old Kimberly Maru, went missing May 11th of 86, and she also went to a party, left the party, and then never made it home. She has never been heard or seen again. There's 14-year-old Melanie Melanson that went missing October 27th of 89, and she was at a party and also never made it home. She has never been seen or heard from again. 16-year-old Jennifer Fay went missing November 14th of 89. She went to a party and also never made it home. She has never been seen or heard from again. So right there, that is five girls that went missing, all within three hours of each other. So was someone offering rides? Was someone... I mean, hitchhiking was a big thing. Were they were they too drunk to drive? Or were... Did they need a ride? So were they hitching rides? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. And I don't think we'll ever know because it's been so long. Right. And unfortunately, none of their stuff was ever taken seriously. No. And I think they're all taken as runaways and they would come home eventually. Well, okay. I also think that what if there was never a party? Back in the day, you'd maybe be at the Rosebud or just a local store and be like, mm-hmm. hey, did you hear about the party going on on so-and-so street? It's going to be huge. You should come. Yep. And people would just go because they're like, oh my God, a, a huge party. And then it ends up, there's no one there. And then boom, you're swiped off the street. I mean, it could be something similar or, to that. Because if they're all going to parties, it has or going to be to a friend or something. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I mean, even young girls. Okay. So 
Say they get invited to a party by an older guy. They're going to tell their mom, hey, I'm going to so-and-so's house. I'm going to mm -hmm. a friend's house. That's true, yeah. And then now their parents are thinking, oh, they're just going over to so-and-so's house. And then it's really some creepy guy that doesn't seem creepy at all because clearly if there was no such parties, maybe he was super trusting. And we've seen cases before where like girls will be like, oh, I'll get a ride from him and get in his car. And then they're never seen again. So, yeah, well, and there's also the fact that they're young, yeah. and if they're, someone's offering alcohol in, like, a good time, I almost guarantee they're going to go. And if they're attractive and they seem trustworthy, that's even more of a reason for a young girl to be like, oh. And if he aged well, he could be way older. He could have been, I mean, we need to figure out what Terry looked like. Because if Terry looked like a really trustworthy, younger, attractive no, man. No, he did not. Okay. I know so, what he looked like. He did not. <laughs> okay, so Terry was not the one. He, no. He wasn't the ticket. No. So what I'm thinking is because a lot of people want to dump them all on Terry because I think he's dead and you can, it's easy. Right. But my, I'm wondering, was there someone out there that because these girls were not taken seriously of being missing that was being sneaky and could get away with it? Yeah. Like a local person because you would have to be local if to, you're yeah. going to all these things. They're all three hours apart mm -hmm. or, or in that three hour like window of like, okay, from Manchester. Yep. And because lack of evidence and lack of investigation, investigation, is there someone that was not connected? You know what I'm saying? Like was, were all these girls connected, but they weren't put together because of what they were taken as? as runaways mm -hmm. you know what i mean i just i don't know that's what i really am wondering like were these all connected but because they were either in different counties or they were taken as runaways they were never connected so then was there a serial killer doing this secretly in yeah secretly in manchester and under the radar no one ever noticed or putting the blame on terry it's easier to blame someone that's already been convicted for something exactly so I don't know. I I just think that's pretty crazy. There's just six of them out of the 14 mm -hmm. that were all very in close proximity to each other and have very similar stories. We were going to a friend's. We were going to a party. One of those two things were coming out of their. You know that was their excuse. Well, that okay. And so I was just thinking of this too. So with Terry having younger women always with him, I'm not saying it's Terry that did that to those five, but like how easy is it that okay? So we've heard about it before. A predator will have a younger woman or an older woman to like lure to lure yeah. the girls in or with the guys mm -hmm. depending and because women seem more trustworthy to younger people and other women in general mm -hmm. I would trust a woman coming up to me saying hey can you help me with this over mm -hmm. a man's like hey help me find my dog like, yeah I'm, I'm not gonna help an older man but if a woman's like frantic looking for a dog if she puts on a really good show I'm gonna be like girl let me go help you find your dog like yeah exactly and speaking of that I actually saw which I watch criminal minds sue me um, <laughs> but they, they had an episode like that where it was an older woman who was frantically looking for her daughter and, or, or her granddaughter or something okay, like that. Okay. And so people started helping her and then that's how she would snatch. She kids. would distract the, yes. the grand consensus of people around. And, and then, then her I... husband would come and snatch the kid. Oh God. So, I mean, that's obviously a real thing. Cause I feel like everything's not true on that show. Obviously, obviously. it's a TV show, but 
there's probably some truth to things, yeah. you know? They wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have made a TV show out of it if there wasn't some form of truth to certain episodes. Exactly. But the thing is, is we've seen it before. There was a case in Utah that I heard about where a man would use his wife slash girlfriend to mm-hmm. help kidnap people. Yeah. And it was, I don't even, it was a super popular case. I can't even remember. But she basically was kidnapped and went under the radar because it looked like they were a family. Mm-hmm. But this girl was kidnapped from her home. Yeah something like that going on because obviously he killed his family but he's always known to be around traveling with other women Mm -hmm. that were younger and he'd say they were his kids well did someone do something similar yeah and in the barrel that was found to have all the girls in it or his family Mm -hmm. um there was actually i think one or two of them has never been identified whoa whoa, whoa. he had how many people there was i think there was four people in the barrel um, or it was two barrels or something like that, two in each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one, I know for sure one of them, but maybe two weren't identified ever, like still to this day. Did they ever consider Lorene as one of the people he sh- they should check? I would assume, because then her, her dental records from her dentist got sent around the United States. Uh, yes, And they've yeah. never been matched to anyone. Correct, yeah. But what did he have in the barrels to preserve? Like, did he have anything in the barrels? Or was it just, let me shove two bodies in a barrel and then toss them in a river? They didn't really go in detail of if they were preserved from a chemical or a, okay, a okay. water or something. They didn't really go into much detail about that. Well, if they were able to identify two of the people, I feel like they probably still had some of their identifying marks. Or their DNA was somehow in the system. Uh, which which I don't know. I feel like it probably would be more like dental records that yeah, they could match. Which that would be, I think, a 50-50 thing because with the... Back in the day, back in the day, yeah. And people moving and dying and I mean, how well, they... I'm wondering if some of these girls out of that 14 were, we could ever connect to that. Like, they would save the people that they didn't know, mm-hmm. like the Jane Doe's. They would save their information and then maybe one day they yeah. get connected. They have so much genealogy technology right oh, now. Oh, yeah. So Well, and it's only going to get better. Thank God. Yeah. Some of these people, yes, that happened in like the early 80s, late 80s, yes, their parents may have passed away by now, but a lot of their parents would probably be in like their 60s, 70s, 80s. They might still be alive. Mm-hmm. So, or even their siblings. Exactly. So it's some of those things where it's like, no matter how old these cases are, there's still going to be people always waiting and wondering, okay, what happened to my sister? Mm-hmm. You know, what happened to my daughter? I would assume, unless Lorraine's Cause parents, because she would only be 55 this year. That's not crazy old or anything. So right. her parents are probably in their 70s or 80s, depending on when they had her. Yeah, I know her dad wasn't involved in her life, but still. But like, her mom was very much, and like we had said in the first episode, I really tried finding her in some way to contact her to see if she would like to talk. Uh, but unfortunately, I could not find her. Right. Well, I know her last name isn't Ron anymore. Uh, she got married. Mm-hmm. But I I can't remember at the moment her last name now. But I also looked under that and I could not find her. Which was shocking because she is very open in the, the public right. about her obviously trying to find Laureen. So, I don't know. I know this was all kind of random, but I did. this was... A lot of this just wasn't sitting well with me, and I had to bring it up, and I thought it would be worth a podcast. Well, that, and it's like, you spent, we record everything a few weeks in advance, so Jackie spent a lot of time putting this together, at least three weeks. Yeah. And this is all Jackie. This one I did not help with at all, so. I was going to say, maybe it's common for a lot of people to go missing, and we just don't know about it, but I would say that's false, because I look under states, um, missing people, Mm -hmm. that goes back, I mean, forever yeah like and i have not once found a state 
the few states I've looked into where that many women or girls around the same age that all look pretty similar Mm -hmm. went missing within 11 years because that's a lot. I wonder if someone else has already been looking into this or if this is just something no one's ever connected. But I know some people connect like a six of them, but they all are blaming Terry. But I would like to look at it as in, what if there was someone else? Well, absolutely. Because you're putting a lot on him when he was traveling so much, the likelihood of him killing that many, I just, also, and also the other six people we know for sure he killed, come on. I just don't see it. I, I can see Lorraine possibly being one. I can see the Denise Denault. Denault being one. And I can see the Elizabeth girl being one because there's like actual evidence that it possibly could be him. Right, right, right. I could see those three, but the other girls, I don't. Well, yeah, and they're all very close in timing. And if he was in California at those times, it had to be someone else. Mm-hmm. And who's to say, you know, multiple serial killers can be in the same area. And then they all get bunched together. And then there's always that, like, one guy that's like, ha, ah, mm-hmm. keep doing it. And move somewhere else. And then you never know truly who did it. Because he's like, oh, you're getting close to my, you know, whatever. Let yep. me move some other state. And now you're never going to figure it out unless you really put the time in. And you also have false confessions. like, Yeah, people do that. Like, why? Like, I know why they do that. They want attention. They want to mm-hmm. be famous. Okay, well, you just screwed someone else. And they don't care because they're in jail. But exactly. at the same time, it's, it's so annoying. Like, it makes me mad because I'm like, why did you admit to that? I know you think it's cute and it's cool, but no one thinks you're cute or cool. No. And now you have this whole family that's thinking that, okay, we got my killer. I have justice. And then all of a sudden, the girl in the same situation happens months later. And it's, you got to start all over again. Okay, so... Like we were saying, we're not going to say that this is straight facts because it's not. We do prefer to present the facts as they are because we want you to have everything at your hands and then you form your own opinions, especially on like, you know, open-ended cases. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those things where it's like we looked into a case and there were so many things that did not sit right with us. And so, yes, we don't believe that everyone belongs to Terry. We don't think he killed all these people. It's possible, but like we don't know for sure. It's just something that we figured we wanted to express and like bring to light yeah bring to light so that everyone can say okay this is also going on in manchester and it's kind of being glossed over people aren't talking about it or not even thought of because it is a long time ago right like no one's thinking of i'm not even thinking about what happened last week so it's like who's unless this is important to you and it's someone you know you're not thinking about it anymore Mm -hmm. so we just wanted to bring some of these things back to light and hopefully you know, the right person hears this and they're like, wait a minute, I live in Manchester, I'm in an authority position and I can look into this and maybe we can figure some things out. And maybe someone already is. I hope they are. As always, if anyone knows anything or wants to comment on this podcast, like if you might have information, you can always follow us on Instagram at Crime Connections Pod and you can message us there or you can like us on Facebook at Crime Connections and message us there or you can even email us at crimeconnections at gmail.com. But thank you guys for listening and tune in next week for a special Father's Day episode. And that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.